All right. Good morning. It's Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sermon Center. I'm very glowy. Random Lake, Wisconsin. Sorry for that. Uh, it is Friday, June 24th, 2022. And uh, oh boy, there now I'm very dark. All right. And uh, we're here for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It uh, I already said it's Friday. I'm a little bit confused here. I'm pre-recording this because I'm out of town, which is nice. Uh, I'm going to be with my family. I see that's just too much. Let's just go back to this, and we'll make an adjustment. Um, be out of town with uh, my younger children anyway, uh, especially giving a break to Luke and Leah, who did um, the yeoman's work while, uh, for the eight days or so that uh, I was going up to the hospital each day. So now I'm going to give them a little bit of a break. It does mean that Anne will have to pick up some slack here at the hospital, uh, but Naomi is on the mend, at least as of when I'm recording this. Um, in the event that I need to come back, I can, so that's fine. We're not going to be that far away. We're going to be here in Wisconsin. All right. Uh, let's see. Today, Friday, is the Feast of St. John the Baptist. We actually recognize this on Wednesday night um, in our divine service, and so you can go back and watch that service, or you can listen to the preaching um, there. Today, um, we'll hear the readings again, but we'll uh, uh, maybe hear how John is used in our Lutheran confessions a bit. All right, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, memory verse. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Micah 7, verse 18. And our psalm is Psalm 119, beginning in verse 49. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort and my affliction that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your just decrees from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your just and righteous decrees. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading today is the second reading, actually, for this day. Acts chapter 13. Now, when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, Paphos, excuse me, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. 
But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogues sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, motioning with his hand, and said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as a king, as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. After John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he. But behold, there there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. Beautiful. So here we have Paul preaching in the spirit of... um, really both John and Jesus together, right? The fulfillment of the promise is speaking prophetically. All right, and then the gospel reading for this day is from Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came to her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. And so it was on the eighth day when that they came to circumcise the child, and that they would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, No one, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these things were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. All right, beautiful. 
So um, the preaching of John, of course, is uh, quite curious, and uh, it's used, well, it's that preaching of repentance, remember? Um, so well, there's many places we can go here. Uh, we could talk about faith, and uh, we could talk about the church, actually. Um, but let's actually talk about repentance, all right? So this is Article 3 of the Small Called Articles, and Luther has uh, quotes John the Baptist a couple times here, so let's look at that. All right, what is repentance? The New Testament keeps and urges this office of the law, as St. Paul does when he says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, Romans 1 verse 18. And also, quote, the whole world may be accountable to God, no human being will be justified in his sight, Romans 3 verses 19 to 20. And Christ says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, John 16 verse 8. This is God's thunderbolt. This is Luther in the small cult. By the law, he strikes down both obvious sinners and false saints. He declares no one to be in the right, but drives them all together to terror and despair. This is the hammer, as Jeremiah says, is not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. 23 verse 29. This is not active contrition or manufactured repentance. It is passive contrition, true sorrow of the heart, suffering, and the sensation of death. All right, so difference active, meaning it's something we do or manufacture. Rather, it's passive. It's done to us. The Lord makes us contrite. Um, this is what true repentance means, Luther writes. Here, a person needs to hear something like this. Quote, you are all of no account, whether you are obvious sinners or saints in your own opinions. You have to become different from what you are now. You have to act differently than you are now acting, whether you are as great, wise, powerful, and holy as you can be. Here, no one is godly. You ever heard a sermon like that? You should. Uh, maybe I haven't preached quite as forcefully as Luther would commend me to here. But to this office of the law, the New Testament immediately adds the consoling promise of grace through the gospel. This must be believed, as Christ declares. Repent and believe in the gospel, Mark 1, 15. That is, become different, act differently, and believe my promise. Right? It doesn't come by the law, by the way. Becoming different, acting differently, and believing all comes by way of the gospel. Forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. John the Baptist, here we go, preceding Christ, is called a preacher of repentance, and this is for the forgiveness of sins. That is, John was to accuse all and convict them of being sinners. This is so they can know what they are before God and acknowledge that they are lost. So, that, so they can be prepared for the Lord to receive grace and expect and accept from him the forgiveness of sins. This is what Christ himself says. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in my name to all nations. Not John's name, right? Luke 24, 47. Whenever the law alone exercises its office without the gospel being added, there is nothing but death and hell, and one must despair, as Saul and Judas did. St. Paul says, through sin, the law kills. On the other hand, the gospel brings consolation and forgiveness. It does so not just in one way, but through the word and sacraments and the like, as we will discuss later. As Psalm 130, verse 7 says, against the dreadful captivity of sin, quote, with the Lord is plentiful redemption. However, we now have to contrast the false repentance of the sophists with true repentance in order that they may be understood better. Okay, we're not going to read all of that. But you note here that John's preaching, even his baptism, was for repentance and remission of sins. But where was remission of sins received? In John's baptism? No. In John's proclamation of, behold, the Lamb of God, 
who takes away the sins of the world, right? Which we sing repeatedly throughout the divine service, in the service of the word, in the service of the sacrament. We sing it all the time. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All right, that's John not operating according to the preaching of the law, but actually proclaiming the gospel. So he preached both law and gospel. John did. So he's that. Uh, he's kind of like a great hinge between um, the Old Testament prophets and and Jesus, the New Testament Christ. Right? Um, John comes up again after he goes over the false repentance here of uh, the sophists. So let's get to that. Actually, it's in that section. Um, all right. Paul preaches, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Romans 3, verses 10 through 12. And now, and God now, quote, commands all people everywhere to repent, Acts 17, 30. Quote, all people, he says, no one is an exception who is a human being. This repentance teaches us to discern sin. We are completely lost. There's nothing good in us from head to foot. And we must become absolutely new, different people. Such repentance is not partial and beggarly like that which does penance for actual sins, nor like that is it uncertain, for it does not debate what is or is not sin. Repentance does not debate what is or is not sin. Rather, it hurls everything together and says, everything in us is nothing but sin. There is nothing in us that is not sin and guilt. You can see Romans 7, verse 18, for reference for that. What is the use of always investigating, dividing, and distinguishing? All right, which is what the papists do, mortal and venal, etc. This contrition is certain, for we cannot think of any good thing to pay for sin. There is nothing left. There is only a sure despairing about all that we are, think, speak, do, and so on. Confession, too, cannot be false, uncertain, or fragmentary. A person who confesses that everything in him is nothing but sin includes all sins, excludes none, and forgets none. There can, neither can the satisfaction be uncertain, because it is not our uncertain sinful work. Rather, it is the suffering and blood of the innocent Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the repentance John the Baptist preaches. See Matthew 3. And afterward, Christ does this in the gospel, Mark 1, and so do we. By this preaching of repentance, we dash to the ground the Pope and everything built upon our good works. For all of that is built upon a rotten and vain foundation, which is called a good work or law. He's mocking them. And yet this foundation has no good works, but only wicked works. No one keeps the law, as Christ says, but all transgress it. John 7 verse 19. Therefore, the building that is raised upon the rotten foundation is nothing but falsehood and hypocrisy, even where it seems most holy and beautiful. In Christians, this repentance continues until death. For through one's entire life, repentance contends with the sin remaining in the flesh. Paul testifies that he wars with the law in his members, Romans 7, 14-25, not by his own powers, but by the gift of the Holy Spirit that follows the forgiveness of sins. This gift daily cleanses and sweeps out the remaining sins and works to make a person truly pure and holy. Right? So you see how Luther echoing John the Baptist is careful to uh, point out that forgiveness of sins is the working of the Holy Spirit, and it's given as a gift. It's passive, not active. You know, all the things we talk about here all the time. Right? Hey, guess what? They're right in the Lutheran Confessions. Surprised? I bet you're not. <laughs> all right, let's see if we can make myself a little bit, not brighter, a little less orange. Ah, yes, there we go. I want to be a little less orange. Okay. Good. All right. I think that's good for the nativity of John the Baptist, right? So there's a lot more that could be said about John, but that'll be good for today. 
Lord's Prayer, fifth petition, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. All right, let's sing our hymn. Today your mercy calls us. collect for the day. Let's see if I can find it quick like. Yes, here we go. Almighty God, through John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, you once proclaimed salvation. Now grant that we may know this salvation and serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. We pray, O God, the strength of all who trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing, grant us your grace to keep your commandments, that we may please you in both will and deed. 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. This day we pray in Thanksgiving uh, with Amanda, who celebrates her baptism. We pray for the households of our church, especially Tanya, Ed and Bev, Paul, Courtney, and Samuel. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Dorothy, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Janet, Timothy, Pastor Kretschmar, Merlin, and Jim, our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul, the missions and mercy work of the church, that is Sheboygan Hispanic Ministry. We ask the Lord to preserve and increase patience among us. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. It's been a joy to have you with us here today as we celebrate the Feast of the Nativity of St. John the Baptist. Uh, Again, you can go back and uh, listen to the sermon from Wednesday night if you like. Uh, That will help as well. A little different focus there on Zechariah. Here the focus on John and the preaching of repentance and the forgiveness of sins that he pointed forward to in Christ Jesus. All right. Um, you can join us again tomorrow morning. I have a preparation for Sunday's divine service by looking at its uh, Old Testament and epistle reading. All right, so join us then. God be with you all today, and many blessings. We'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.